And we are live and we are back. Let's go. I'm Corey, your host, one half of the Corner Full of Bad Podcast. And I am back like I never left with another installment of Wealth Wednesdays here on the Corner Full of Bad Podcast. We discuss health and wealth, finance and fitness, and everything in between. We want to make sure you save more, say less, and keep making better your best. Yes, yes. However, with my co-host Jordan on fraternity leave, we start these Wealth Wednesdays where I get straight to the financial information. No filler in between. And I know y'all see the topic of today's video. I have, I have a handful of housing market, real estate type of articles that I need to get through. And today we're going to talk about, you know, the state of the housing market. Is it getting worse? Obviously, it's getting worse since interest rates keep going up. We're going to talk about how the housing market does impacting the economy. But I realized it only took me 61 episodes, more than that. But I pigeonholed myself. I love the alliteration with Wealth Wednesdays. But I pigeonholed myself by, in theory, only being able to do these on Wednesday slash releasing these on Wednesday because it's called Wealth Wednesday. If I want to record another episode and release it another another day, right, it kind of defeats the purpose of calling it Wealth Wednesday. And if I don't drop it on Wednesday. And so as I was coming up here, like not even five minutes ago, I was like, I think I need to I need to rebrand this. I don't know what it's going to be, but the articles are piling up on me. and, And thus, since they're piling up they're going to become outdated. So I got to figure out how to not record more, but drop on different days. And then on top of that, we're going to start editing the clips so we can start releasing more frequently, you know, get the content out in smaller chunks, pieces, things like that, which makes even more sense. Right. I guess when I chop up a clip from a Wealth Wednesday, I don't have to call it a Wealth Wednesday clip, but you see the little predicament that I'm in, but hey, we're going to figure that out. Look at me sloppy. I got the energy, but then I guess I'm messing up. Welcome to Wealth Wednesday, but got to figure that out. We're going to what I see is, as y'all, I know y'all seen it, like the thumbnail, thumbnail game is improving and it is trans, translating, right, into, you know, some better numbers. Shout out to Anton Daniels, right? Y'all, y'all need to tap into people who can help you out. But, um, you know, the thumbnail game worked on it and it is. It has drastically impacted our numbers, so we're working on the progress. But what y'all need to do is y'all hit that like button, share, and subscribe. All right, you're not hitting the like button, you're not you're not subscribing. You might be sharing because the views is going up, but I need to see that like button and the subscribe button increase. Y'all don't have to, right? Shout out to the engagement. We get what we can get, but you know, please, please, you know, help more people see this from an algorithm standpoint. My information as well as my coach Jordan information can be found in the show notes you can follow follow us on x slash twitter right instagram instagram tiktok i'm sideline underscore Corey. my co-host jordan is stop stalling jay and then finally fit.lives where you can go and sign up for the virtual training sessions at 5 30 a.m monday and wednesday all right it's virtual so no matter where you live at you can hop on the call and then you get access to the virtual drive so even if you can't make that 5 30 a.m eastern standard time by the way you can still tap into the classes all right now, it's, it's about, we're coming up on a time, this is why I need to record more. Stud, the student loan situation, right, we're about, you know, 35 days in, almost 45 days in to the student loans starting back up. And, you know, it's starting to become a mess. Mohila, the big dog, one of the big complainers in the Supreme Court law case, law, Supreme Court law case, Supreme Court case about the forgiveness happening or not happening, which ended up not happening. They had a technical issue about restarting the loans or not restarting. And I told y'all it was going to be interesting to see how they just restart these loans after not having them um, 
active and short there for this type of forbearance for over three years. Mohila had an issue. I read or saw somewhere that one person had a $108,000 payment due because they turn, changed their term from, I think, 120 to two. So from 120 months to two months, like a lot of crazy stuff. So Mahila like went back into an administrative forbearance. But please know, so one of my clients told me this, the interest is still accruing. So that forbearance that we had during the panorama, that's gone. That's that's gone. Probably never, never to come again. That's what she said. All right. Anyways, but. The loans, for those of you who have Mohila, they are going into forbearance. However, it's come out that Mohila now is going to move people over to a new platform. So this is getting messy. All right, we're starting back up Mohila, one of the biggest providers, if not maybe the biggest provider now that Navient's gone. Let me see. Who's the biggest Instagram loan provider to Mohila? Sally May. Okay, I, I should have known that. All right, but yeah, so that that's what's going on. But... I wanted to talk about real quick something that I saw, and this article is pretty old, but when it comes, I wish I had this article before we had this whole debacle going through the student loan situation for you know the entire time that this this podcast or YouTube channel has been up. But we're gonna talk about how the United States federal government loves student loans. All right. The US, what does that say? What does that say, everyone? The US government's biggest financial asset. Student debt, whole time. We all get into the real estate. Shout out to Michael Rainey. Is this Michael? Hold on. Is it Michael Rainey Kyrie? It is. Right. That's Michael Rainey Jr. But this one, my assumptions is not as that. Anyways, shout out to Tyree. Shout out to Power. Anyways, um, student debt, the U.S. government's biggest. Wait, hold on. We hear a lot about government debt. What about government assets. All right, let's just, we'll get into it real quick. The value, and then again, this is September 28th, 2018. All right, so this is four years, three years, no, Jesus, four years, three years. This is five years old, a little over five years old now. So it's probably larger than this, these numbers. The value of federally backed student loans held by the U.S. government has risen by, risen by more than 1,000% since the last recession, Ms. Linsky says, and now tops 1.1 trillion. Are they considering the last recession, 2008? I don't see, but that'd be my assumption. 2007, 2008, however you want to slice it. Let's say 10 years, I got 1,000% return. Jesus Christ. Y'all, 1,000% return. That's not even video game numbers. That's just an act of Congress, pun intended. Oh, my goodness. You need an act of Congress to get that level of return in 10 years. Federal government total financial assets. We got a 3.6% for U.S. official reserve assets. So 3.6 is what the, and then this is 2018, but what the U.S. has in reserves, 3.6%. Checkable deposits and currency, 11.1%. Other loans and advances, so non-student loans, 7.7%. Total mortgages, 4.6%. Student loans, it's not just the largest, it's freaking half. It's freaking half. 40, there go my mouse, 45%. That is insane. Corporate equities, 1.4. Trade receivables, 2.5. Taxes receivables. This is the taxes. All these taxes that we pay is only 16.4. And then total miscellaneous assets, 7.6. My goodness. Student loans being 45% in 2018 of the United States assets is insane. And y'all thought they was going to forgive this? Forgive this? Now, if there was ever an article to sort of just 
put in front of people during the situation be like, yeah, th- this is probably not going to happen because of what this information shows right here. No way in hell gets forgiven. Not met, not not the large number y'all want. No way. Unless, this has to change. 45% essentially half? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. You have no chance. Let me zoom, let me zoom in so everybody can see. I know y'all can see because I watch it every now and then on the, on the big screen. But yeah, 45% not happening. They're, they're, not, they're not touching that. I can promise y'all. All right, let's see what the rest of the article is about. I think that's it. Sorry, I'm going to show that real quick. But yeah, y'all, 45%. I, I don't know, in all honesty, what else to say besides um, you just got to pay off your student loans. Necessities, debt payments, investments, lifestyle. Recommendation over here is work the debt snowball. Even though in most cases, your, your debt snowball, debt avalanche is going to be pretty similar, if not exactly the same, regardless if you rank them by interest rates. Tack the lowest balance so you can get that minimum payment back into your budget as fast as possible so you can build up that higher cash flow on a monthly basis as far as how much money you have to kick out, but continue to put that money towards your debt. Again, the snowball method or the avalanche method is still the same concept as far as rolling that minimum payment over and everything, putting extra towards that, whatever debt you're focusing on to the next debt that you have lined up. But please, 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 please do what you can to knock the student loan payments out. It is only going to get messier and messier from here on here on in. And it's going to be interesting to see in the next. I would say this, this decade, right, the 2020s, is going to be an interesting one, right? We're almost halfway through it. We vote next year for possibly a new president. It is going to be interesting. We might vote in a new president. So we, we, we are going to vote, you know, to put in a new president, but we might possibly get a new one. It is going to be interesting to see what happens as we get out of the 2020s because we started out <laughs> with a mother having bang. Did we not? Shout out to the panorama. But when it comes to these student loans and with that information about it being 45% of the United States assets, according to 2018, it's just something you have to think about when it comes to are, are they going to forgive forgive this? Are they going to essentially, you know, their biggest asset risk the interest that it, it is generating for them? Because me- remember, the one thing with debt is debt is a guaranteed return as far as, you know, if, if you give out the loan, it's guaranteed as far as how much interest you're going to make. Right. You, you set that interest rate. Imagine if when you invest into the stock market. You could set the interest rate that VU, Apple, whatever, not investment advice, could pay you. That would be crazy. All right. So, again, please, please, please lock in and focus to pay off your student loans. If you need help with that, please reach out to me. Again, sideline underscore Corey, or you can email me, sideline adventures 24, and I can help you with your financial situation. But my goodness, this is insane. But now we're about to get into this article about the housing market, but before we get started, because no, I did not forget, don't sue me, sue your mama. This is for entertainment purposes only. Myself, no Jordan, or fitness, or finance professionals. Everything you hear on here is for entertainment purposes only, and you need to seek a professional and do your own research before taking any action. All right, here we go, y'all. We're about to get into this housing market again, right? The housing market's not going away. And talk about what's really out here and going on in these, I guess they're not the streets because we're talking about houses, right? But what's going on in these real estate streets? One of the articles I want to do is it was about one of my friends sent it to me how the real estate commission might be taking a hit for people who sell real estate for real estate agents like oh lord like it's y'all if you if you don't realize how messy it's looking like it's about to get out here look stop futures are a little change after s&p 500 registers longest well wait longest win streak shout out to the s&p 500 
All right, I need to start preparing for the end of the year wrap up video. All right, y'all. Less affordable, and you know, we don't go faithful CNBC. Less affordable homes don't just ruin American dreams. They're a threat to the economy. And I had to make sure that this wasn't a duplicate article for video I did, I think, two episodes ago. Because now stuff is starting to run together because I'm not getting no real sleep. Shout out to my son. So I had, I had to make sure. I was like, did I already do this? All right, again, this was published August 25th of this year. Hey, speaking of my son, his birthday is August 26th. Anyways, Michael Farr and Keith B. Davis. All right, here we go. Being able to buy home keeps getting harder and harder. True. Shout out to interest rates increasing. The National Association of Realtors. We're going to talk about NAR in that real estate article about the commission possibly getting cut back. Said earlier this month that its housing affordability index fell during the second quarter to its lowest level on record. The reading came at 92.7 compared to 101.8 in the first quarter. It's also well below a 180.4 level reached in 2021. See, the panorama, we... We can't use panorama numbers like shout out to 2021 at 180.4. You can't that those numbers have to get thrown away with the good and the bad. Those just need to be. If there was ever an asterisk, shout out to um, what's it? Bounty gate, spy gate, not bounty gate, spy gate. If there was ever an asterisk, shout out to the steroid use era. Like the panorama should be is the same thing as a steroid era in baseball. Now, everybody was using steroids, so it's fair play. And if you didn't use up enough, that's on you. Everybody had options, you know, had the opportunity to refinance or buy a home and get these low interest rates. But, hey, we know that is not how things normally are out here, right? So when you see things talking about what happened during the panorama era, which we're still coming out of, 2023 is still going to be a pandemic year. 2024 will be the first pandemic year since 2019. You got to look at those numbers and be like, okay, whatever. This is, you know, all-time high since, you know, 2021. It is what it is. A reading about 100 signals that families earning the medium income have the amount of money needed to buy a medium price home. Hmm. A reading below points to insufficient medium family income to buy a home. Was it a home now or is it a medium price home? You see how they switch real quick? The data goes back to 1986, so a little before, uh, under 40 years. So what are we saying here? They're saying it's at 92.7 right now. So it's gone down a little bit, but you know, compared to what it was during 2021. But here's the thing too. People don't buy homes a lot. So this 180, let's just say whatever percentage they think people should be buying houses would rate at 180. These people bought houses. They're not going to buy, in theory, hopefully they're not going to buy a house another two years. Right? I mean, at some point in time, we have to accept that some people are no longer making a purchase because they, they made the purchase when the level was at 180. All right? Incredibly, housing is now less affordable than it was prior to the great financial crisis. What, when is, what's the great financial crisis? Is that 2008? I'll be slow, man. Is the great financial crisis considered 2008? I, I, I just don't know. Google it real quick. Yep, 2008. 2007, 2008 financial crisis. All right, because I wasn't sure. I'm like. Just get different names for everything. Let us know. It's the Great Recession, Great Financial Crisis. When a complete breakdown, okay, in lending standards like the forensic case speculation, 33% peak to trough decline, or right, housing prices. All right, cool, cool, cool. What's this? Housing affordability index, okay. This is sideways. So we got from, okay, this is the whole timeline. We talked about 1986 to now, 2023. We've had, we've been on a run. Since 07, housing affordability peaked in 2013, looks like. So 10 years ago, we went on a down climb and then we peaked. 
doing the panorama. Okay, now we're on a significant downcline. Okay. All right. Now, here we go. Right, fear-mongering. Does this mean, shout to the fuck, fear, uncertainty, doubt. Does this mean the last time we were this low, right, which is around 05, 06, leading to 07, 08, the great financial crisis, as this article deems, excuse me, are we heading for, in short, another 2007, 2008 type of financial crisis? No idea. Nobody can predict the future, especially when it comes to the economy. A recession will happen again because that's how the economy works. Economy, eco, right? The ecosystem will rain and real snow and the sun will come back out, all that type of stuff. But when? Nah, I don't know. All right. It's not like the economy is not like the weather in the sense that it has seasons that you can predict, right? You know, after fall goes winter and after winter goes spring, after spring goes summer and after summer, right? We go back to fall. So you can't guarantee these type of things. But, um, you know, you know, at some point in time, the recession will come back. All right. The decline in housing affordability has obviously been highly influenced by the huge increase in mortgage interest rates. Now, they're not at 7.2. Now, I think they're at 8%. Let me just keep Googling. Average mortgage rate. Now, I think we're at 8%. That's what I heard. Jesus. Yeah, Google's saying 8.3 on a 30 year, 7.3. Look, shout out to the 15 year. 7.3 on the 15 year. Don't. Shout out to the arm being at 8.1%. Don't get an adjustable rate mortgage, aka an arm, adjustable rate mortgage. Please do not get the arm. Oh my goodness. Let that adjustable rate. Shout out to those of you who got an arm during the panorama when the interest rates are really low, as if they can adjust any lower. You can't adjust past the lowest of all time. You can only adjust up, but hey, is what it is. All right. Uh, 7.2 according to data from Freddie Mac. That's compared to an average of 4% from the end of the Great Recession in 2009 until the end of 2021. All right. In fact, current mortgage rates are nearly triple. All right, level where in 2020, excuse me. Okay, the bottom out around 2.7, not coincidentally the first quarter, 2021. Okay, this is just more data. Okay, housing prices are up 28% despite the massive increase in interest rates. Yes, because a, a lot of people were on the sidelines leading up, right, during the pandemic. I think we had maybe not an all-time savings rate, but one of the highest savings rates we had, at least in a long time, when the panorama happened. And so you got all that uh, build, all that built, I was like pent up, right? Pent up demand, but all that savings built up. And the people out here, you know, they went and spent that money. On top of that, one thing Americans are going to do is go into debt. All right. So we're in a situation right now where the interest rates rising should be, I wouldn't say slowing down the housing markets, but in theory, making it, it makes it, should make it harder for people to get money. And thus you see, Hopefully prices maybe decrease, but over the long term, real estate goes up. So you're really trying to slow it down. But the pandemic made housing values increase faster than they should have in that time frame of what we'll just call it three years now from 2020 to 2023. It's certainly four years, but you know, in that, you know, barely five year period. So housing prices are already too high. And then you got a situation where due to the pandemic and we had a shortage of resources, the new home market is still not back up to speed as far as pre-pandemic levels of them being able to build new construction. So now you just don't have enough homes and essentially there are just not enough homes still in the market, which still gives sellers the position um, or the better position as far as it being a seller's market, which is why you still see the home prices increasing. All right. So think about Let's just say homes are overvalued. Not that they are, but quote unquote overvalued. And on top of that, people have extremely 
high interest rate. I wouldn't say they're high right now. They're a little bit higher. I mean, you want to see anywhere that five to seven percent is probably, I guess, the average without looking it up of what mortgage interest rates normally are. Now we're over seven, you know, in the eight territory. So now they're getting a little bit higher. It's approaching you know, uh, approaching double digits, but still, all right. We have all these different factors that are impacting the housing market from the pandemic, how that impacted just as far as interest rates and what happened with the housing market there. Then on top of that, from a, a, a building standpoint, we had the shortage across the whole planet as far as on all the different materials. And we're still dealing with that shortage, not just materials, workers as well. Right. P people did die, however you want to think about it, but people did pass away. So you can't just replace people instantly. That takes the no. I, I, Obviously, the longest thing to do is replace a human, right? It takes 30 years to replace a 30-year-old person. And so all these different factors are impacting the housing market. All right. Median household income, which is currently growing roughly at the pre-COVID rate, has not grown nearly fast enough. Okay. Yes. Um, income doesn't... What is income? Income don't even keep up with inflation. Income, median household income keeps up with the rate of itself, all right? And uh, the consequence has been massive drop in housing affordability to new lows. I think one of the things, too, when it comes to housing affordability is there is probably significant FOMO. It's probably no, no data or articles. Well, there might be. But there are a lot of people who have FOMO about, dang, I could have bought a house during the pandemic and I didn't. And so now they want to go get their house. And you already have the general FOMO of everybody, you know, just like everybody having a kid, everybody getting married. You have the FOMO of, dang, I need to get a house, get a house. Now you have it of, dang, I need to get a house, get a house. And crap, I could have had this super low interest rate, one of the, you know, the lowest interest rates of all time for my mortgage. All of that coming into play as well. But how much, what the housing market is doing, again, I think I said this on the housing episode two episodes ago, that should not impact your purchase it might impact the house you get but at the end of the day your numbers are your numbers and it's just straight up math you make x amount of dollars your gti is what it is the most people are going to recommend staying around a quarter right shout out to 36 percent dti but no more than a quarter of what you take home we're also going to do a 30 or a 15 right if you want to put how much you want to put down three and a half percent up to 20 percent to avoid pmi all those different type of things at the end of the day 25 percent of 10,000 is 2,500. So however you want to work the interest rate versus a 30 versus a 15 versus how much you put down, that's cool, but your mortgage can't be no more than $2,500 a month. Right? And so however much that house costs, right? The math, right? If you put more down, right? It can be $600,000 house, but if you put down 300,000, right? The math is likely to be more in your favor with interest rates being higher, but you can't still get the 600K house slash mortgage and only put down, you know, $100,000 versus $300,000 and think, you know, you're still going to be able to have that mortgage payment work in your budget. The math is what it is before you even go and buy the house. And that's a lot of a lot of the time what people don't want to deal with. But that's FOMO, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Just don't buy a house you can't afford. And the house you can't afford isn't really a house. It's math that you can't afford, right, financially. I know all the arguments this argument says. On Wednesday, entitled an article from the Wall Street Journal, how high a rate can housing take? By Justin Lahart, read on Wednesday, the National Association of Realtors reported that there were 980,000, almost a million existing single-family homes for sale last month. That was the fewest during the month of July, normally a time of year when a lot of homes are on the block. This goes back to 1982. Excuse me. Let's see. Where are we at? There we got. Wait, we got a nice little chunk to go. 
Housing prices remain okay, elevated. There's extreme okay, lack of supply. Again, I don't read these articles ahead of time. Lack of supply, inventories of homes for sale are very low because nobody wants to move. Again, nobody. Again, why would you trade your interest rate? You got this. Some people got below three. Some people have below three percent. Like it makes now and again, now we're talking about people getting double the interest, not double the mortgage, double the interest rate. And then on top of that, most people when they move, they move up in house. It's not like people are moving down. Same thing with vehicles, right? People move up, they move up, right? Keeping up with the Jones's lifestyle inflation. The trend toward again, work from home as well, right? I'm mean, we're in the same situation. Like, dang, I need an office now because I work from home, so I need somewhere to work, you know, some designated workspace area. You don't want to like in like you know the kitchen. Or like, you know, in the basement, you want something sort of sectioned off. So now in short, you know, you got a family of four, so you're going to be three bedroom. Now you need, quote unquote, need a four bedroom in the short that you need that some designated office space. All right. Another factor causing homeowners to remain in place and therefore suppressing housing. Work from home is causing. OK. Oh, yeah. I guess work from home. People aren't don't have to move right somewhere to get, you know, for their job. It would take years to bring housing supply back in line with demand. Because new construction has been insufficient since the great financial crisis. Oh, excuse me. They're saying uh, new construction has been down since 2007, 2008. Lending standards have improved dramatically since before the GFC. Okay. Typical homeowner has much more equity. Yes, at home, I would have to let, I'll let, I would let Jordan come on here and say how much equity he has. But when Jordan told him how much equity he has, he has in his home, what is it? Jordan has barely had his house for two years. So we started this. In 2021, he got his house the same year we started the, the podcast. Jordan bought his house. Him and his wife bought his house in 2021. He hasn't even had his house for 30 months yet. Maybe he may. I think he's right at 30 months. And when he told me how much equity he had, I said, bro. <laughs> also, too, Jordan got that 15 year. And 15 year usually has the lowest interest rate. 15 years usually all, always lower than a 30 year. But I was like, yeah, you, can, you just got, not that you got to sit on it, but like, it is what it is. And that's the one thing, too, we talk about an amortization schedule. People talk about building up equity, wealth, things like that. When you look at it on a 15-year, you build the equity significantly faster because more of your payment is going towards principal or starts starts going towards the principal than interest versus a 30-year. 30-year, a lot of times, based on the average time that people stay in a house, which I think is around 10 years or so. A lot of times on the 30-year amortization schedule, most people aren't putting, let's say your minimum payment, you know, your payment's a thousand dollars. You're not putting five hundred dollars in a penny towards principal. So more money out of your payment going towards principal than interest. That usually takes over 10 years that build that level of equity. And now, now even longer now with these high interest rates, this is back in around a probably anywhere from a four to six type of interest rate situation. I got the math somewhere on my computer, but we now are talking about having seven, eight, you know, going towards maybe possibly nine, 10% interest on a 30 year. You pretty much got to pay that entire house off by the time you actually start putting money towards the principal aggressively. But most of the time on a 30 year, people actually aren't putting more money towards the principal than they are interest and in other fees. You're talking about maintenance. You're actually losing money because of how long it takes for you to actually build that equity. All right. When it comes to making that mortgage payment. All right. Interest rates still start coming down next year. Everyone's saying interest rates should come down next year. And are we going to throw the interest rates coming down in the same boat with the recession? Eventually, the interest rates will come down, just like eventually a recession will happen. So I think we're starting to see now, because I've been seeing it more and more lately in the last month or so. People are saying, no, nah, yeah, interest rates can come down next year when it's like, what? 
let me know when the Fed decides not to do a rake height, but to decrease the rates. You know, is it Jerome Powell? If he comes out and says, yep, we're going to, you know, lower rates, not keeping the same, but lower rates, you know, next year, every time, different conversation. But right now, it's not looking like that's about to happen. All right. Uh, as it becomes clear that inflation is on a sustainable path lower to the right, the Fed's 2% okay, and so on. All this is likely true, but still housing affordability is at an all-time right. Is at a low. Since 1986, many prospective first-time buyers are at risk of getting locked out of the market forever if something doesn't change. Now, you can get into the market. You just might have to buy a house smaller than you, know, you want. When I say smaller, like size-wise and mortgage-wise, right? You might have been able to, quote-unquote, afford $500,000 house when interest rates were around 3 to 4%. Now that they're around 8%, plus... You might have to get a $300,000 house. It is what it is, right? Go make more money. I mean, the math, again, the math is what, shout out to Cam and Mace. It is what it is. The math, you can't fight the math on this. The interest rates are what they are. Your down payment is what it is. The mortgage, quote unquote, is what it is based on the down payment. And your income is what it is. And your DTI, your debt to income ratio, is what it is. I name that. It is what it is. Like, at some point in time, it's not the market's fault. Like, you just have whatever money you got. And whatever money you got can only afford but so much. And especially with what the median household income is, you know, the median is less than $100,000. And, well, you know, then we see what the median home price is. I don't know. What, look, I say no more than two to three times, preferably on a 15-year fix or your gross. But if it's less than hundred k, the median home price is around like four hundred k or past that. So at some point, or maybe that's the average. But at some point in time, it's like the math not mathing. Like people... How much or how many times and how long we're going to keep saying people who don't have money should be able to go into debt? Like, why do people who don't have money, why should they be able to get things they can't afford? And then we complain when people don't have no money. It's like, well, we keep incentivizing or putting a batter in people's back saying, oh, yeah, you can't afford this. No, go ahead and buy it anyway. Go into debt and, and struggle even more. That's what people we do out here in the society. It is realistic to think everyone will remain in place indefinitely. To keep their low mortgage rate? Hell, it might be. Let's be clear. If interest rates get above 10%, people are not going to move. They're, it's going to... They're going to have to... I would say even, you know, a lot of times people will move from a job standpoint. You're like, you know, you outgrow your house, you have another kid, quote unquote, unexpectedly. But if interest rates get above 10%, you have to... You hard press to be like, yeah... Let me get out my 3%, my 4%. Let me get, look, 4% is, you know, less than half a 10. That's two and a half times. Two and a half times. Yeah, that's two and a half times. If we if, if we get closer, if we get to 10% sometime next year, people who bought a house during the pandemic are not moving. I'd be, I mean, the math you have to have in your favor, not the income, the math to have in your favor for it to make sense to move versus whatever you're trying to move forward is, you know, essentially in short building addition or whatever onto your house not saying to do that but you know from a math standpoint it's going to get messy what am i at? uh just to keep the right low interest rate thereby preventing the flood of supply in the market will political pressure on the fed compel the central bank to cut rates more quickly thereby improving affordability all right let's be good these banks can credit unions they can choose to offer low interest rates i know they're not going to you know they can just change it if they want to Right, they got to make that money. All right. These are all important questions, right? Yeah, we, Nobody has to answer this stuff. You can't predict the economy. Okay, suspicion is that some combination of labor market softening, tighter bank lending standards, capital 
market's volatility and rising mortgage rates will bring it into the feds. Okay. All these various things that can lead to the fed lowering the interest rates. They're saying that could happen. Okay. Since as long as I can remember, fed is always choosing the path of least pain. Maybe that's why we're the issue we're in now. Choose the path of most pain, right? Rip the bandaid off. Let's do what we got to do now. Shout out to bankruptcy. Some people just need to pay the piper. All right. And I don't think this time will be any different. I mean, let's be clear. Shout out to the panorama. But there was ever a soft ass financial period. It was then. People didn't have to make they, none of their payments. You had a, over three years for the student loan situation. You had, um, you know, car insurance delaying your pay, payments. Like it was a lot that happened, especially in 2020. Uh, you know, late spring, early summer of 2020, we got our taxes pushed back. Like it was crazy. It was a weak time as far as, you know, the path of least resistance when it comes to the 2020 and 2021. You, I mean, all the stops, the, the eviction forbearance. I mean, it was so much from a financial standpoint that people just were able to escape. If this means the Fed will implicitly adopt inflation target above 2%, <laughs> will the Fed say, hey, we're not shooting for 2%, we're shooting for 4%. And that's what we're trying to get to. All right, then I think that's what like, will happen, okay? Not I, but as in the person who is, I'm quoting right here. Ultimately, uh, believe the Fed's interest rate interest rate hikes to date will prove more than enough to slow the economy, reduce inflation to target, and potentially induce a recession. So we're trying to and shout induce. All right, shout to labor giving birth. They're trying to induce a recession. Let's let's look at the dev- definition of induce. So we're clear here. Succeed in persuading or influencing someone to do something, bring about to give rise to. So they're trying. The Fed is trying from this person's point of view. Give rise to recession. So the Fed is trying to make a recession happen, right? We need things to recede. We need stuff to slow down. We're out of whack here. The long and variable lag has proven longer than expected in no small part because homeowners wisely locked in super low mortgage rates, all time low when they had a chance. But fixed rate mortgages won't be enough to nullify the impact of 525 basis points of interest rate hikes in a historically short period of time. Okay, 5.1 basis, not one. I think 100 basis point is one, one interest rate, I think, let me see. I don't feel like looking at the basis point now because I need to wrap up. Hey, the time time went back, but even though it's 6.30, it's so dark out, you know, my brain still thinks like, you know, it's time to go to sleep. All right, given its importance to the, all right, I'm gonna look up the base point at the very end of the article. Given its importance to the wider economy, robust housing market will likely be a precondition to achieving a relatively seamless transition to long-term economic expansion. The housing affordability crunch is, and looks to continue to be a risk factor that could not only hold back the economy's growth potential, but also cause a financial crisis if left unchecked. So add another ball to the Fed's juggling act. Yeah, let's be clear. Yeah, okay, yeah, one base, yeah, 100 basis points is 1%. That's what I thought. Okay, cool, so that's 5.25%. And again, this was by... Michael Farr and Keith B. Davis. Shout out to my brother. His name is Keith. Uh, less affordable homes don't just ruin American dreams. They're a threat to the economy. <clears throat> For those who don't know, a lot of say people, but in the entities that are buying houses right now that have entered the market are institutional investors. So we got businesses in short out here, not people, families, but businesses out here buying up houses and thus renting them out. I wouldn't say we need a recession. It's time for one in the sense of, again, from an economic standpoint, it will happen again. 
But one of the main issues is that in the you know, overall America, right? I mean, how much that America has. But people not realizing that they just shouldn't buy things that they can't afford. And the interest rates are what they are. If you had the top opportunity, like myself, right? I'm a perfect example. Had the opportunity financially, right? Was in the position to buy a home when interest rates were crazy low. I didn't do that. Now I'm in the situation I'm in, right? And housing decisions got to change. It is what it is, right? But I'm not out here complaining, right? Willing to put in the work to quote unquote offset the interest rate hike. You know, that's what it does with the um the mortgage payment. But also as had me allow me to have time and along with my wife, but clearly like, what, what do you, we really want? Like, I mean, how, how much house do we want? Cause now it's like, even if we still quote unquote afford the same house as far as, you know, how much the house will cost. Do we want a house that size? All these different types of things. And a lot of times I think people don't embrace the fact of something being delayed and having more time to think about it and putting themselves in a better position. They always, again, have the FOMO and think they missed out on something. When really all you need to do is focus on what you want, control what you can control and achieve what you plan on achieving in life. And if the mortgage rates are too high for you right now, unless you have to continue to rent, tough luck. Like <laughs> you can't make them go any lower. All right. Jerome Powell, head of the Fed, that is I know it's not it's not an elected position, right? But I don't know if the president the president does. Yeah, okay. The president, yeah, the president appoints the head of the Fed. So you can vote in the person who is going to appoint the person in charge of the Fed, but you cannot control who is the head of the Fed directly. It's going to be what it's going to be. My, I'm going to say my prediction, but I do not see interest rates decreasing next year. If there's, some people are saying they're going to be, I've seen when we get to the end of 2024, 6%, I'd be damned. I'd be surprised if interest rates are around 6% at the, you know, a year from now. Now, that'd be a good thing. I would not be mad at it, but you know, things aren't looking like they're going that way. All right. Again, next year is election year. Today is voting day because today's Tuesday the 7th, first Tuesday in November. Next year is election year. I mean, if you haven't been looking, but you know, you, you know, we got the we as you know the Democrats, we as in the American people, have Biden as an incumbent. Not we as in the Democrats. I'm not Democrat, but we got you know, who who is the Republican candidate? Like it, Trump has what almost like a hundred charges. I can forget how many they just keep adding up how many charges, but it's going to be interesting. Usually, this is the first election where at least in my lifetime, where it's like, I don't know who are like, who, who, are we, who, who are the options this year? Like even with an incumbent, it's like, is that, that what we're dealing with for, you know, Bush one, you know, Bush's first two, you know, it was Al Gore and then John Kerry. And then Obama was clear cut, but you know, Obama was clear cut. And then obviously you get into Trump and then Biden, but it's like, I guess, so it's going to be interesting to see all these things unfold because obviously these things will impact the market. That's the housing market. All right. And then obviously got what's going on overseas. All right. But that's it, y'all. Locked and loaded. End of the episode. Make sure you hit that like button. Share and subscribe. Shout out to the YouTube algorithm. Make sure you leave those rate and reviews on the podcast platforms as well. All right. Slow down, but I'm, you know, I'm intentionally talking fast on that. My information as well as my co-host Jordan information can be found in the show notes. Again, sideline underscore Corey and Jordan is stop stalling Jay. 
Jordan's business page is finally fit that live. That's where you can go to sign up for the 5.30 a.m. Monday and Wednesday, 5.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday and Wednesday virtual training sessions. You can reach out to me, again, my content information for any financial coaching training sessions, one hour. All right. By the way, speak. let me say this now. As I wrap up, got some new clients. One of my clients is like, you need to raise your prices. I was like, what? See, the benefit is once you get with me, you get locked into a price. I was like, I need to raise my prices. They're like, yeah, this is too low. I was like, okay. So I had to reach out to my assistant, aka ChatGPT. And ChatGPT was like, you might need to charge six times. I was like, six times? You know, I was like, so I haven't made a decision just yet because I haven't had time to really sit down and think about it. But like, highly likely, like 60-40, leaning towards increasing, really changing my price, not increasing them, changing, right? Getting rid of something and just only offering something I'm currently offering. But I'll update everybody once that happens. But hey, the demand is increasing, more results are being had, you've been doing it longer, yada, yada, yada. And so, I mean, at, th- at this point, I'm like, I'm a, de- I'm a decade. And if we add up my, my, my banking, my teller experience with how long I've been doing the financial coaching on the side, I am at nine years. Next year will be 10 years. So I mean, at some point in time, right, six plus three is, you know, nine, uh, next year will be 10. I guess I could, you know, increase the pricing, but hey, it is what it is, but that'll be next year. So if you want to get locked in at the lower rate, you have to do it before next year to get started. All right. But again, remember, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please let Jordan myself know. Please leave a comment. God, that's what I start saying. Leave a comment and let us know what you think about the video. Again, hit that like button. And hit that subscribe button. We appreciate the feedback. We see the numbers going up, but we will like more general engagement as far as the comments. So we know what y'all want to listen to. Y'all just leaving me to my own vices right now. All right. And based off of what I see the numbers do, that's what I do. I have all these articles queued up, you know, based off of what goes on from a pop culture standpoint as well. Right. You got the DJ Envy thing. Is DJ Envy going to jail? Is Caesar going to jail? Right. You know, all these different type of things. We'll talk about that. But if y'all want to hear something, just let me know. And I'll queue it up and get it out for y'all. And again, like I said, going to work on what Wednesday probably won't go away, but I got to find something else to name it so I can just drop on any day. Not name it as in what Wednesday, but figure out something else. Maybe what Wednesday will go away, but I got to find something else. See, what a sideline. Side, see, sideline Sunday's already taken. I was going to do Financial Fridays, but again, that's on Fridays, right? Savvy, sad. I mean, you know, I got to figure out something else to name this. So that um, I can drop whenever I want to. And I have to always wait till Wednesday. But all right, y'all. Locked and loaded. End of the episode. Remember to save more and say less. Keep making better your best. And I'll catch y'all in the next one. Back in the video.